0: By listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borosky, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. Two more murders, fifteen miles away. We have a weird. Described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird. Morning. A couple murder Sometimes, when you look at a mugshot or a photo of a killer, you can look at it and just know that this person is bad news. Some people just have that look about them. However, that's not always the case. On March 27, 2011, a female inmate died of old age while serving her life sentence in prison, a woman who, if you looked at her, looked more like your sweet grandmother than a cold-blooded killer. This is the story of Dorothea Puente. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Dorothea Puente, born Dorothea Gray, was born on January 9, 1929, in California. She was raised by two alcoholics, and her father attempted suicide in front of her when she was a young girl. He died when she was eight years old from tuberculosis, and her mother followed the next year after a car accident. So, Dorothea was sent to an orphanage where she was sexually abused. In 1945, Dorothea was married for the first time. She was 16 years old, and her husband was a soldier named Fred McFall. The couple had a daughter in 1946, whom she sent to live with relatives, and another in 1948, whom she put up for adoption. That same year, Fred left Dorothea. Her criminal history started shortly thereafter with small things like forging checks. Shortly after she was paroled for her first charge, she became pregnant with a man she barely knew. She placed that child up for adoption as well. In 1952, Dorothea took her second husband and began a 14-year, extremely turbulent relationship. In the 1960s, she was arrested for owning a brothel and sentenced to 90 days in prison. After she was released, she was arrested again, this time for vagrancy, and sent in for another 90 days. After that release, she began to work as a nurse's aide and cared for the elderly people inside of their home, and from there, she began managing boarding houses. She divorced in 1966 and married for a third time. This man was Roberto Puente, a man 19 years younger than her. This marriage lasted two years. With another divorce under her belt and looking for a way to make money, Dorothea took over a three-story, 16-bedroom care home in Sacramento and began her own boarding house. After another short marriage, Dorothea began spending her time in local bars looking for older men who received state benefits. She would forge their signatures and take their funds. She was caught and charged with 34 counts of treasury fraud, but only received probation for the offense. All throughout the 80s, Dorothea took her acts of fraud to a new level. She would rent out the rooms of her boarding house, and after a short time living there, some of her residents would simply disappear. The thing was, these residents were elderly and often mentally disabled. Therefore, not many people wanted them to board in their homes, and not many would go looking for them if they disappeared. She would then cash social security checks, post mortem, and rake in the cash. It was later estimated that she made more than $5,000 a month from her murderous side business. Not all of the boarders were killed, though, and many described Dorothea in a favorable way. In total, Dorothea Puente had nine confirmed murders and six unconfirmed. The first to die was Ruth Monroe who began boarding soon after Dorothea opened her home for boarders in 1982. She died in April from an apparent codeine and acetaminophen overdose. Dorothea explained her death to police by stating that Ruth was very depressed because her husband was terminally ill. It was written off as a suicide and no one was the wiser. A few weeks later, police were called back to the Puente home after 74-year-old Malcolm McKenzie accused Dorothea of drugging and stealing from him. She was convicted on three charges of theft and sentenced to five years in jail. During this time, she began correspondence with 77-year-old Everson Gilmouth from Oregon. And when she was released in 1985, the man was waiting for her in his 1980 Ford pickup and wedding plans on the brain. In November of the same year, Dorothea hired Ishmael Flores to install wood paneling in her apartment. When he finished, she paid him for his labor and then an additional $800 and a 1980 Ford pickup if he did one more job for her. She wanted him to build her a 6x3x2 wooden box to store books and other items. Then when she filled the box, he was to transport it to a storage depot. He agreed. Along the way, Dorothea made him stop in Sutter County and dump the box of trash on a riverbank. On January 1st, 1986, a fisherman spotted the odd box and, when police investigated, they found the body of an unidentified male. In the meantime, Dorothea cashed Everson's pension like clockwork and wrote letters to his family explaining his lack of communication came from an illness he was suffering from. In 1986, Dorothea struck up a conversation with a social worker and offered her quality lodging to elderly on a fixed budget. This social worker agreed and later stated that Dorothea was, quote, the best the system had to offer. She sent 19 clients to the boarding house. She maintained her business with 40 tenants, many of which were viewed as a tough cases that no one wanted. Each month, she collected their stipend and would handle all of their expenses. Then her handyman, a homeless man only known as Chief, began doing some odd errands. He dug the basement up and carted the soil away before sealing it with concrete. Then he took down the garage, and the backyard always seemed to be in a state of unfinished. Then, all at once, Chief disappeared. On November 11, 1988, police arrived at the now very familiar Puente Boarding House with questions about the disappearance of tenant Albert Montoya, whose social worker had reported him missing. When they arrived, they noticed that the soil on the property had recently been dug up and, upon further investigation, found the body of 78-year-old Leona Carpenter. They decided they needed to come back with better equipment and the next day, dug up two more bodies— At some point, Dorothea, who'd been feigning shock with each discovery, asked the police if she could leave and grab a cup of coffee at a nearby hotel. Not being under arrest and not an official suspect, they gave her the go-ahead. She left and fled to Los Angeles. In total, seven bodies were dug up at Dorothea's boarding house and dozens of family members were calling, stating that they too had family missing. This number totaled 25, and Dorothea was nowhere to be found. On November 17th, the murderous grandma was finally captured after befriending an elderly pensioner she had met at a bar who, upon recognizing her, called police. Dorothea Puente was charged with a total of nine murders. They are as follows. Everson Gilmouth, her 77-year-old boyfriend, and tenants Ruth Monroe, 61, Leona Carpenter, 78, Albert Montoya, 51, Dorothy Miller, 64, Benjamin Fink, 55, James Gallup, 62, Vera Faye Martin, 64, and Betty Palmer, 78. It took the jury over a month to make their final decision, many citing how difficult it was to believe that a little old lady could commit these crimes. But eventually, after a deadlocked jury 11 to 1, she was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder and one of second-degree. They could not agree on the other six counts. Then, after another deadlock and mistrial, Dorothea was officially given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. On March 27, 2011, Dorothea Puente passed away of natural causes. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on March 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Today's episode is sponsored by Leaner Creamer. Leaner Creamer is the perfect way to start off your day with a healthier cup of coffee and the realization that there is such thing as guilt-free coffee creamer. They combine coconut oil and functional supplements to keep your morning ritual clean. Leaner Creamer is gluten-free, sugar-free, lactose-free, and contains natural supplements that can help boost your metabolism. Leaner Creamer is the only natural powder creamer on the market. You guys know that, at least for most of us, the day doesn't start off until the first cup is poured. And I'm the kind of person who loves to add flavor and sweetness to my morning and, let's face it, afternoon coffee. And if coffee isn't your thing, you can use it in baking as a sugar substitute, in your tea, on your oatmeal, and so much more. And the plus side of a powder creamer is that it doesn't cool your coffee. So you can keep your coffee hot, but your bones chilled. You can find Leaner Creamer in over 7,000 stores nationwide. So do yourself a favor and pick up a bottle today. Oh, and if you want to add leaner me coffee plus supplements to your day, it pairs great with leaner creamer. So if you want to take a step in a healthier direction, click the link in my bio and use the code MURDER15 at checkout for a discount.